Hello, hello. I am Karen Jean-François, and this is the Women in Data podcast, a podcast where every other week I interview some of the most inspiring women working in data. They discuss how data is used in various industries, share their knowledge and experience in the field, and equip you with tips to help you overcome challenges on your career and feel great. Let's get straight to it. I am joined today by Kathy Herbert, EVP of Customer and Partner Enablement at Area NLG. If you're wondering, NLG stands for Natural Language Generation. Kathy is passionate about building win-win solutions, and in this episode, she describes her approach to entering building useful products that do not get shelved. I strongly believe that this approach can be used in various aspects of the work we do as data professionals and found Kathy's advice very insightful. Hey, Kathy, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's a pleasure to have you with me. It's great to be here. So when we initially connected and I was thinking, what can we talk about? Because you have such an amazing story. I, I really admire the work you do and really how knowledgeable you are. And for me, it was really hard to pinpoint this topic, but you were very helpful saying, I want to talk about building products that makes customer lives better without being shared. And I was thinking, okay, let's talk about that. But before we get into that topic, can I invite you to introduce yourself? Um, yes, uh, my name is Kathy Herbert, and I've been in technology for more than 30 years. I am the EVP of the pre-sales organization at ARIA, which is a natural language technologies company. Um, I started my career many, many moons ago at EDS <laughs> as a systems engineer, and then I went into enterprise document management with Documentum. I was the 17th employee. Um, we became public. We were purchased by EMC. I stayed there for 25 plus years, retired, and then decided, okay, I'm ready to do something else. And so since I managed content for so long, it seemed like the right step to automatically generate it. So here I am. Yeah. And uh, it's really great to hear that. And I guess from a theme that was common in your career as well is your integrity and how it is important for you to actually build things that make sense, but that are not just built for the sake of being built, let's say. Could you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, ab absolutely. So when, when we go in and we work with customers to understand what they're looking for and what's really important for them, um, it's important for everybody to be honest and partner and understand is it a good product fit? Is Or what they're asking me for, can we do it? Are we going to be able to make them wildly successful? Um, and if we're not, then we're actually better off walking away, building that trusted advisor relationship, and then coming back when they have a business problem that's more suited for us. I worked for a great manager. Her name was Julie Cullivan. Um, and I can remember her, you know, on, on the whiteboard drawing a bullseye and saying, you know, our sweet spot for this technology and building solutions for customers is right in the center. And if we take deals or look for deals that are way out on the fringe, you know, we're now impacting engineering. We're impacting 
time from the development teams, from the professional services teams. We're making commitments to customers that we might not be able to meet and thus leading to shelfware, right? So those are the kinds of deals. She said, frankly, like, let's send those to the competition and let them spin spin for a while. But, you know, it's really true when you think about it. If they, if you're trying to propose a solution to someone, but you've only, you don't have the whole thing or you haven't figured it out. Maybe it's better to look for, let me find something within that, that customer's trying to do that's going to provide amazing value and be right in our sweet spot. So it's a win-win on both sides. And I love that. I love the idea of the win-win. So what you described, so although you're talking about softwares and products, etc. This applies so much to data analytics and data science, because especially in data science, how many times do we hear people complaining about the fact that companies spend a lot of money building data science projects that are not being used after or are not bringing the return they want or are not actually doing what the business wanted to to do? And I feel like nowadays, most product team do have either a data analyst or a data scientist attached with them. So this is really at the heart of everything we do and making sure that we know what we're building, why we're building it and who is going to help is is quite important. I have to say that I've been guilty myself in the past, although I tend to do to do it much less of thinking, oh, this is really cool. I want to build that. Then building it and then having people telling me, oh, well, I'm not interested in that or this is not what it is that that I wanted. So I'm really keen to hear your take on really how do we make all this better? How do we make sure that anything being products or projects that we're working on actually have an impact and serve the purpose? Yeah, it it really starts with having the conversation. And, you know, sometimes a sales rep might hand us a data set and say, show us what NLG can do. And we might build something. We've never talked to the customer. We have no idea what their key pain points are. We don't understand what their end-to-end process is. Yet we go in and show this is how our technology works. This is what it looks like in your, uh, with your data, right? Thinking high value, high value, high value, but you only get one opportunity to make a first impression. Mm-hmm. And what if I interpreted their data wrong? What if I picked the values that they, they really don't care about um, or that really aren't important to them? So, you know, I always say that before we go and, and we, we spend time with, with a customer, we spend time with a prospect, it's really important to do that discovery call, right? What does a day in your life look like? What what are the insights you want to get out of your data? How important is that to your business? Explain to me what your current process is. Explain to me what your desired process is. So when we qualify, I'm also a big TED advocate, right? When we ask questions, it's not you know, it's tell me about, explain to me um, so that we can really get them talking, have a great conversation. And then when we walk away, we're ready to design, right? Or, or build a quick sample for them that's going to hit those key pain points that they have, show them the value, enable them to make, you know, make a strong decision based on what we've shown or what we've explained to them. 
Yeah, so two things you mentioned. So you mentioned NLG. Now, we spoke about that before, so I know what it is. But for the audience, will you be able to tell us what it is? But also, you mentioned design, and that's something I would like to elaborate on as well. So maybe you could start with helping us understand what NLG is. NLG is a natural language technology um, that sits within the sort of the AI framework. And what it does is it takes data, and oftentimes it'll take data in JSON format. You send it to us, you send us data, we'll send you back robust narratives, right? So, so it's really important to understand when I'm looking at that data, what story is this user looking for, right? Do they want to understand time-based variance? What happened quarter over quarter, month over month? Do they want to understand a trend? Do they want to understand what their key drivers are? What, what is the data trying to tell the business? So that that's what we do, or that that's what I'm really into right now. <laughs> <laughs> and so you also mentioned design, which is uh, embedded in everything you do. So for you, good design is important when you build a solution for a client. And you did mention going and then asking them about how they're doing things, what problem they're facing, so you can really understand how you can support them. But why is good design, I guess what I'm trying to get to is, how does design come into that? So so from a design perspective, We always have to start, I always have to start with the end in mind. Where am I trying, where am I today and where am I trying to get to? And if I don't know where I'm trying to get to, right, I can't, I can't do a design, right? I have to understand what good looks like, what the end looks like. And and so I kind of start with sort of envisioning the end Um, and then really going through robust requirements gathering, right, with a customer asking them all the key questions, understanding how we get there, and then building a design out that is um, forward thinking and modular. You know, we try and build projects that no matter what data you send to them, they'll be able to tell that story. So they Mm -hmm. become, they come repeatable. Um, So when I'm looking at designing something from an NLG perspective, I might design a project that needs two measures and three dimensions and a time field. And then no matter what data I'm sending to it, it'll be able to tell that story that I'm designing out. So um, it's really kind of understanding what the end looks like, understanding what the data looks like, and then building something, you know, in, in a way that I'm going to be able to reuse it that code base over and over and over again. So that becomes very powerful. But the the other thing I wanted to mention is someone came into my office one day. And and the other thing I really believe is that um, we can always improve processes. We can always improve code bases. So every day when we build these NLG models out, we're always seeking to make them better, right? Like someone came into my office one day and said, why are you working on that project? It always works. And I said, because I know we can make it better. I know we can make it easier. And I like, I, I know we can make this scale in a way no one's ever imagined. So it's always seeking to improve your current state, I think is really important when we're looking at how we design things. Yeah. And that touched a bit on, the, you know, the curiosity piece, which is, you know, making sure that always seeking to better things and trying to make things better. So that's something that you're very passionate about as well, right? 
I, I am. I am. And and I did work for a sales lead and it's his word is in intellectual curiosity. But, you know, it's always it's always important to kind of understand not only your perspective and your customer's perspective, but what's going on in the market and, and, and what other people have sort of identified before you and really being curious. So, I mean, site, sites like, you know, edX and, and code Academy and, you know, they're great, right? I mean, I've, I've hired people because they've shown intellectual curiosity in going out and improving, improving their skills. They may not even have a college education, right? Mm-hmm. But, they're, but they're taking the steps to go learn the skills that they need to for the job. And they've just been tremendously successful. So, you know, we really look for people with um, who are intellectually curious uh, all the time and, and just trying to seeking to learn more. Especially when you work in a field that moves at pace, like data and technology, you definitely need to stay curious and try to try new things. So super important. I wanted to come back to the requirement gathering. So for now, what I got is for you to build a great product that is not going to be shelved. <laughs> what you want, what you need to do is to first of all go and speak with the the end user, understand their need, understand how they work, so that you can then go and do some good design for them. And you did mention that this involves understanding the endpoint, but also understanding the data, and then being able to make them work and have something that is repeatable. But why I wanted to to go back to requirement gathering is I was speaking at the Data Science Festival a few months ago and someone asked me a question about that. So they said, how do you make sure that you collect all the requirements so that you gather all your requirements, put them in a nice way that's going to be digestible and that to make sure that you're not missing anything and that in a few months you can come back to it and make sure that you know what this is about. And I did not have an answer to that question. So I was wondering if you could help with that. Um, yeah. So when once we've done the requirements and we've done the design and we start to implement, um, we meet with a customer on a weekly basis, right? Here's what, here's what we, we have planned for coming up this week. And you could set it every week, one week sprints, two week sprints, but we, we meet with them. Here's what we're getting ready to do. We get agreement. Here's what we did. We get agreement. So, you know, at the end of the six week project, right. Or the four week project, there are no surprises and we're able to make tweaks or adjustments along the way as needed. Because I mean, language, when, when you're building language, right. People change the way they want to talk about things and they want to add additional variation. And so you're, you're doing your design in a flexible way that sort of is knowing that when we get into development, here are the things my customers are likely to change, right? Mm. I have my initial requirement and then I have my design but I've got to design it in a way that's really modular and it's easy to expand because I know when we get to those weekly meetings, they'll look at something and say, well, I wanted to say it like this, but maybe I want to add this additional variation in, or maybe I want to add these other things in and we want to have designed it in a way that we do that. But 
the weekly touch points or the, you know, every two week touch point to show and tell and communicate are what will help ensure a successful project at the end. Not we go away for six weeks and here now we've built what you told us to build and now that meets your needs, right? You know, I mean, you know, that, there, there, there might be some point where somebody goes, well, that wasn't really what I meant. And, you know, and then you're like, oh, you know, and you're too far down the pike, right, to make an adjustment. Yeah. So this, the, I guess, not constant, but almost constant communication with yeah. the end user is what makes the difference. It, it, it does. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I was I put you a bit on the spot here. I was like, oh, someone asked me this question. <laughs> <laughs> so you've really well detailed how um, to build the sol- how to build a great solution that will not be shelved. Uh, but I'm keen to hear about real life examples of how you've applied that that worked well, but also maybe one that didn't work so well. Yeah. So in, this was really from from a demo perspective, not from building out a product perspective. But you know, and and I kind of mentioned this before. It was pharmaceutical data. We got the data. We decided, okay, we'll put together this cool dashboard. We'll add narrative to it. And I had never talked to the customer before. We're really excited about what we're going to show them. And you know, you get in there, you start to show them what you've built for them, and they go, "Oh, we have another system that already does that, right?" So, so you just took their data, you wasted your time, you wasted their time, right? Because you didn't have a conversation ahead of time to say, "Okay, what is it? That, where is your pain point, right? What are you trying to do? What's going to help improve your business?" And so, you know, you, you end up losing that first opportunity to make a great impression, you know, but, you know, on, on the flip side, uh, if you had had the conversation, we would have potentially chosen something else to build for them that, you know, one customers want to work with vendors that don't sell to them, that partner with them. Right. And so, you know, understanding kind of where they are and where they need to be is just such an important part of the process. Um, the, the the other thing I will say is, and and in, in this comes from kind of all of my experience, is sometimes companies feel like, okay, I've, I've gone out and I've used my professional services to build a solution for a particular customer. Okay, I'm ready to productize that and bring it to market in a broader way. And I actually think that you need three customers an industry expert and an advisory board to really get the requirements right, right? Mm-hmm. Like, let's understand from multiple perspectives, the scope of the value, right? What kind of value it provides to each of my customers, um, how they approach it the same or how they approach it differently. And once you understand that from multiple perspectives, you're really in a good point because now you've proven that the market needs it because three customers have come to you for it. Um, you've seen commonality and now you, you're, you've got a really good sense of what the requirements are. So I really like to see companies do things, right? To do professional services on the first three of any like kind solution and then say, okay, now let's look at market demand. We now understand the requirements better than ever before. We're now in a really good position to build something that can, you know, can really fly in the market. I love how you so this is not the first time you say that in this conversation you talk about 
you know, the opportunity to make a great first impression. And I think maybe in our mind, what we do is, oh, this is, this is great. Uh, people are going to love it. But if it's not what people need because we haven't spoken with them, then while it, it could potentially be great, it's going to, to be missed on and, and a waste. With all this conversation, you made me very curious about design. And I feel like since we first started speaking, I, I keep getting, my people are spying on me, I have to say. I, I keep getting articles on design and that makes me very curious. So this is something I would like to learn at some point. I just need to prioritize on the stuff I want to learn. I'm curious to know what you read or listen to or even watch that helps you in your career and personal development. I'm, I'm a big follower of Jeffrey Moore and his books came out, you know, kind of some time ago, but um, in fact, he actually talks about my first company documentum and how we crossed the chasm. Um, and we brought him in as a consultant. So, you know, his crossing the chasm, his series of books, or I would certainly recommend for anyone to read, right. And, and understand and, and somebody I follow um, also Simon Sinek, you know, he really talks about, you know, sometimes we think about, you know, if you, if you look at the what, the how, the why, we go and tell people, okay, based on your data, here's what we did. But he says we should really flip it inside out and say, here's why we did it, right? And have, yeah. why, have why be our driving factor. So he has a podcast, um, and I actually, I actually wrote it down. It's a TED Talk. So if you type in Simon Sinek TED, it's really worth the 18 minutes to really listen to what he has to say there. Cause one, he's a great speaker. And two, I think he's got some really great points. And then, um, you know, I'm always setting up Google alerts for tech topics that I'm really interested in just to see what pops up. And um, so that that's pretty much uh, where I go to get all of my information and the kinds of things that I read. Yeah. All right. I will definitely Google um, these two and uh, put them in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for joining me today, Cathy. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. It was. Thank you for listening to the Women in Data podcast. We will be back in a couple of weeks with a new guest. Until then, if you have two minutes, it would be great if you could leave us a rating or a review as it helps not only to make the podcast more visible, but also to enhance the content. If you don't want to miss the next episode, follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We are also on LinkedIn. And if you wish to, you can even register to the community for free. All you have to do is head to womenindata.co.uk. Have a great day.